Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, welcome to episode two, I guess, of our new golf podcast. We're going to have to come up with a name with it, name for it since uh, this is now two weeks in a row we've done it. I, which is more than a lot of other podcasts at WEI could say. Yeah, that's true. So we're going to start, we we're going to talk about the Outlaw Tour, which is basically the only sport going on right now. But the PGA Tour is kind of, uh, there are rumors out there that they might be starting in uh, mid-early June-ish to get the PGA Tour back up and going. Yeah, it was uh, Brian Walker, if I'm saying that right, of Golf World last night, uh, came out with basically the entire schedule that the tour is going to send to the players. And basically it says that they're targeting a return for the Charles Schwab Challenge in June, June 11th to 14th. And so um, that's basically when the tour is planning on coming back. And there's not going to be fans at that event, but that's a sign that they're coming back. And it also goes through the rest of the summer, basically, that they're going to have the potential for the RBC Heritage to go the next week, which is going to be the U.S. Open week on uh, Hilton Head Island. And then it just goes down the list, basically keeping – moving some tournaments around, but based on this story and all this, the PGA Tour is going to come back and continue with their schedule starting in mid-June. Yeah, it hasn't officially been announced yet, but yeah, it's, it's a good sign for them. Last week when they announced, uh, they were definitely coming back uh, beginning of August with um, the, what was it, the PGA Championship. They were yep. going to play that. So that was a great sign. And now that they're saying June 11th, that's even better. So that, that obviously means that if this news is coming out, that they're very um, feeling, feeling very good about the situation and that they're going to be able to get this in. So, so yeah, it's, it's a good sign. And I'm seeing with a lot of this stuff that they're going to open the field a little bit more to more players to give these guys chances. Cause a lot of these guys, they really do live tournament to tournament and missing as much time as they did would be about three months, four months of the season with this with a lot of these guys that's their their career their livelihood right there and if they're they're not getting to play in these tournaments each week they're kind of screwed yes the report says all tournaments with the potential exception of the wgc fedex st jude would feature fields ranging from 144 players to 156 players so that's a pretty big increase for some of these fields especially some of the smaller tournaments have you know around 70 to 100 so this is basically doubling the field and like you said that it's they need to do this because players are losing their opportunities. And I, I don't know if you saw this, the European tour is actually thinking of having multiple tournaments the same week and lowering the prize, the, the pool money for the, their tournaments. And I think that just shows what a good position financially the PGA tour as opposed to the European tour. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. The thing though I'm thinking about with these 144, 156 player fields, 
are all these guys going to be able to get there? I, I know there's a lot of travel restrictions going on right now. There's, you know, the hot zone game from Europe because there are a lot of guys who live in Europe or play on the uh, European tour who are PGA Tour members. So it yep. will be interesting to see if there are as many big names at these tournaments as normal. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Like basically looking at the schedule, it's almost like they kind of tried to make it so that some of these tournaments are drivable. Like I'm looking at July 2nd to 5th is in Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage. Then the 9th to the 12th is John Deere in Illinois. Then the 16th to the 19th is at the Memorial at Murfield Village in Ohio. Then back to Minnesota for the 3M Open. So they're kind of like – and they change a little of those things around. So maybe they're trying to do that to keep everybody able to drive because obviously that's safer and more easier than flying. Yeah. But they are going to run into issues, you know, even right off the bat when they're starting in Texas. Then the next week they're potentially going to be in South Carolina and then up to Connecticut. So there is some things to work out. And I don't know if they're going to maybe – you could potentially charter, you know, planes, the tours, the capability to do that. But I don't know if there's going to be the, you know, regular travel in June of, you know, getting on a jet blue flight traveling from Texas to South Carolina. Yeah, so that will be interesting. But but on the bright side, there are, looks like, going to be tour dates and it's going to be one of the first things back. So that's exciting. It's 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 exciting that they're, they're putting these dates out there because obviously they have a good feeling that they're going to be able to get these these tournaments in if they're putting these dates out there. I feel like if there are rumors that these are going to be out there, it's, it's a good sign that things are going in the right direction for them. Absolutely. I mean, how do you feel about the no fans? Like, obviously, it's different. But I don't know. I feel like golf is, like, the sport that you don't, like, feed off of fans as much. Certainly, yes, you do. But, I mean, some of these guys don't have fans themselves on a given week. Like, if you're not, you know, in those top groups, if you're the 150th player in the field, you're probably not getting a lot of, you know, fans watching you play each and every week. So I don't really know. Like, it's not going to be as affected as some of these other sports that thrive off of the crowd. Yeah, no, I, I feel that the same way about that. Yeah, there are going to be certain tournaments probably, like you know, like the U.S. Open on a Sunday, Tiger, if he's in contention. But who knows? Maybe, like, maybe there are fans back by then. Like, like that, like those type of things. But, yeah, like, it is one of those those sports where there are moments where the fans are the, the big part. You can kind of tell players feeding out their energy. But more often than not, I don't think it's a huge deal. I think the bigger thing will be – for some of these players, like when there are fans there, there's the spotters and all that, the the ability to find balls quicker. I wonder if that will kind of have a little bit more of an effect on them, um, yeah. kind of like that. But but with the fans not being there, I don't think it's really going to – it shouldn't cause any real problems for there. And even watch on TV, I don't think it's going to be something you're like, like, oh, there are no fans there. Like this is completely different. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, there won't be much sound and all that, but that's easy to get used to. And I'm just trying to think, like, they're going to have to have more than just the players. There's there's a sort of a bigger support staff than people think, I guess, because you're going to need the Shotland people, the television cameras. And I guess you could cut down on the number of cameras that are there just to sort of save bodies. But I think that there is some things to work out. But I do think it's it's certainly feasible, especially if, if testing does pick up in the next, you know, couple months. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. So, like, if, if they're doing these tournaments, like, what – how limited do you care about, like, the camera work? If there's maybe one camera per hole, does that, like, affect you? Or are you going to be like, oh, crap, I wish I had, like, this angle? Or are you going to be more just, all right, sports are back, golf's back, I can live with it for a, a month or two with a limited uh, camera angles or limited shots, like, 
That's yeah, I mean, I think you could get away with having one camera per hole, maybe by the green, and then, you know, sort of like they do in real time now, if, you know, Tiger Woods is grouped, you could have a camera that follows that group around the entire the entire round. So I think there's definitely ways around it. And everybody's – I think people aren't going to complain if they get bad camera angles, man. I think they're just, they're just grateful that golf is back. And I think that that's all – it's a sport, too, where, you know – as long as you can see the ball, sort of, it doesn't really matter if you're getting the overhead view or the, you know, side view. Basically, as long as you have one camera that you can kind of see everything going, you're not going to complain that much. Yeah, no, it'll be exciting for these, if these first couple tournaments get in and everything goes smoothly, like tournaments like the Travelers Championship, John Deere Classic, what type of fields they're going to have. They're going to have, I think, some of the best fields of all time with players wanting to play and, and getting yep. back to a normal uh, kind of life for them. The John Deere, absolutely, because everybody skips that tournament before the British Open um, just because they don't want to travel from the United States over to, to Europe, you know, in a short period of time. So usually that's a tournament that people skip. That's going to have a big field. Uh, I was actually thinking, like, they, they moved the Barracuda, which goes head-to-head, I think. They went head-to-head. One tournament goes head-to-head with the British Open. And so now that tournament's probably going to have a bigger field, too. So it's probably a benefit for – um, some of these, you know, low tier tournaments that don't usually get some of the top players, they're not going to get that. Yeah. And it would, will be, it's going to be very cool to see some of these players that you don't usually see on certain courses and playing in certain fields. But also yesterday, the governor of Florida was, you know, said sports is an essential business in Florida and was pushing for the Phil and Tiger matchup. But I had an idea with, yep. A lot of the PGA Tour players live in Jupiter, Florida, you know. What if we put, like, a small tournament together, 20, 25 players, you play that mid-May, you know, end of May, and kind of turn that into, like, I think it's like a, the Hero World Challenge, which is like a 20-player field, something like that, where it's just a tournament. Because so many of these guys live so close together. Make it a chance. It's kind of like a charity event where you get to see yep. some of the best in the world. I was just going to say, make it for charity. You can spin it that way, and I think – even that, like, if you don't have, you know, the, the camera, you don't need to get, like, a top-tier, you know, TBS network crew. You could just get, you know, one, one camera per group and just follow them around, mic them up maybe even, have them get that close. And I think that's a no-brainer. I think some of these players would probably welcome that, just have the chance to get themselves warmed up towards building, towards playing in an actual tournament again, while also, you know, giving fans something to watch raising some money and I think that could be something easily just streamed on like PGA Tour Live or something like that like it doesn't need to necessarily be on the golf channel or ESPN just to give fans something and I think that's something that could very easily be done because like you said these players Jupiter Florida probably has you know I don't even know how many but 20 30 40 50 guys on tour that that are in that area so they won't even have to travel and you could find some camera guys in that area too, and you can make it work. So I think that that's something that, that could potentially happen. Yeah. And you make it like a two day tournament or something, kind of just a, a fun little, or even like a day tournament where it's just kind of them messing around. Yeah. I think if you mic them up or, or get them kind of more in a more relaxed atmosphere, it'd just be, it'd be fun for people to see and yeah, charity, all that people would eat it up and it would just be a good way to get kind of back into the sports swing of it, especially for golf where it's like, all right, play this. And then two more weeks, and then we'll go to uh, the the Charles Schwab in uh, Texas. What, what do you think about the fans aspect and potentially having tournaments come back with fans? Like, do you think it should be a standard PGA Tour thing, or do you think it should be based on like individual states, like where their guidelines are at? Because you could have an issue where 
you know, let's just say that South Carolina allows fans, but Connecticut doesn't, then you kind of have, uh, you know, well, this this South Carolina gets more money for their tournament because they have fans, whereas Connecticut doesn't. So do you think this is something where that the tour has to step in, or do you think they have to go state by state? I think the tour has to step in. I think it has to be the tour has to come up with, like, a set of rules saying, all right, like, if you're doing this, we're going to take maybe, like, a certain percent of the profit and give it to a tournament that isn't allowed to have fans. But, yeah, I think if, yeah. if you're doing it, like, state by state, yeah, it's going to be – Certain tournaments are obviously going to bring in more money, so other tournaments are going to, I think, feel left out. So I think it will have to be – PJ Tour will have to make the decision, all right, if every tournament can't have fans or if the nation doesn't allow the, everyone to have fans, you can't have fans just because your state says you can. So I, it, it will be interesting to see because there will be certain tournaments where I think the events will be trying to get fans in because they want that extra money instead of – kind of thinking about the whole thing and also like some states are in different positions like texas might be better off than say connecticut is in terms of just the way the coronavirus is so maybe texas is safer to have fans whereas connecticut isn't and do you want to penalize a state that you know is in decent shape just because some other states aren't so that's going to be a, a thing to work out but i guess in the grand scheme of things that's not really a huge huge issue with everything else they're dealing with just basically getting golf back is priority number one yeah, well, then you got to think about if there are fans there, how it's going to affect, like, the players. Like, it's like, all right, so even if there are fans there, players aren't going to be, you know, high-fiving or signing autographs and stuff like that. So so that's that's one of those things, too. It's like, all right, maybe you, you're allowed to have fans there, but it might be better for the PGA Tour and for the players to keep them away for a little bit just so you can keep having golf. Because if something – if one of the players gets sick and all of a sudden it spreads through it, so it's like, all right, we get it back but then one player gets sick and it completely shuts it down for two more months. Like, I think that would be kind of worse than. Yeah. Here's my next question. Let's just say a player tests positive. Do you shut down the entire tour or do you kind of quarantine him and his caddy and whatever? Cause you're going to get to a point, especially some of the other sports that somebody's going to test positive. And what happens then? Do you really shut down the entire sport for one person I don't know. That's something that's going to have to be, you know, factored out. And I think that's hard to do because especially with some of these bigger sports, if one random offensive lineman tests positive for the Dolphins, do you really shut down the entire NFL because of that? Yeah, that'll be, yeah, it's going to be tough to do that. If testing is more readily available at that point, maybe you can get away with it. But yeah, like for football, like stuff like that, yeah, you have a much, everyone's, I think, much closer together and in the locker room and all that stuff. So that, that could, yeah, you'd have to shut down the one team. But with golf, maybe it's not if, – if one t- player tests positive, you're, you are able to keep social distancing on the course. You're not touching each other's uh, golf ball or clubs. Yeah. So maybe you're, you're, you figure out a way, like, you know, clubhouse is only open for, like, the first 20 people or something. You figure out ways to do it that way to kind of protect them. Yep. But I, I don't know. Yeah, if one guy gets sick, you're going to have to – I don't know, shut down the whole thing, but you're definitely going to have to quarantine probably some people. What do you think of the uh, Tiger, Phil, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady thing? We haven't really heard many more rumors after that came out a couple weeks ago. Do you think that was just Phil sort of being Phil to feed into the attention on social media? Uh, I don't know. I I would be interested for it to happen. And I I was getting a little bit more uh, thinking it was realistic with everything being shut down. I was like, all right, they, they could pull this off. But, yeah, you haven't heard anything recently. Like I said, the governor of Florida said he, he was excited for it, but he didn't say, like, that it was happening. It was more just like, oh, this would be a good thing. But, yeah, since the first announcement, I 
haven't heard anything really about it. There aren't like any rumors out there like, oh, they're playing this or they're getting a ready play here. So I don't know. I just, I don't feel like it's going to be happening. Uh, I guess we should probably touch on what we were going to talk about. The, the outlaw uh, tour is still going out in Arizona and yep. I, it's, you know, I wish this was somehow able to be televised because I'm sick and tired of watching old golf rounds and whatever. I mean, I guess some of the master stuff was worth watching last weekend, but just overall, it's just not the same. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on the outlaw tour? Uh, it's, it's interesting that it's still going on. It's, it's, uh, self-contained in Arizona. So that makes sense. And to be honest, yeah, if they, they could like Instagram live it or, or put it like on zoom or something. I think they get people to watch. It's, it's interesting and good for them that they're, they were able to uh, figure out a way to keep the tour going because it is one of those tours where it is very small market. Uh, if it got shut down for an extended period of time, it probably would have done them in. So it, it's good that they were able to kind of figure out a way to keep it safe but keep it going still. Um, and it gives people, other than they can't watch, it does give people something to, to at least pay attention to, bet on if they can or want to. So – it's it's interesting that, and it's smart. Like keep maybe do something that with the PJ Tour, kind of keep it isolated in one state for a little bit until things calm down, and then kind of spread out from there. Yeah, I wonder if that could be something that we see over the next couple of weeks as the tour gets ready to ramp back up. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's a group of players in Las Vegas, for instance, that could do something similar to what we talked about in Florida, or California, some things like that. That maybe. You can make some money off it, give fans something to watch, while still give the players a chance to sort of get back to being competitive. Because I thought I saw some of the players, like I think I forget who it was, like Matthew Fitzpatrick was on four play, the Barstool podcast. Oh yeah, like, yeah, he's in. Yeah, he can't play. Like he hadn't even swung a club. So some of these guys need, you know, time to get back into it, just because you know where they are. Some of their courses are closed too, and you know they can't do what they can only do so much in their basements or their houses or backyards. So I think. You know, having some of these mini tournaments, so to speak, could be a good thing for everybody involved. Yeah, and I, doing like the mini tournaments, obviously charity, like we're talking about, and, and getting people, the guys back in the swing of it, and kind of getting them back in the plane shape, but also kind of experience like back with the the other guys. Where most of these guys, they're not seeing each other. They spend uh, what eight months a year together, basically all year, and they haven't seen each other. So I think that would be perfect to get yeah those mini tours, getting these guys together, and kind of for seeing each other for the first time and however long and just letting them kind of shoot the shit out there and, and have fun on the course. Did you watch any of the uh, master stuff this weekend? Uh, I watched a little bit of the uh, tiger replay, yep. um, which was from last year and a little bit of the fill, but yeah, I've had the golf channel on every once in a while and kind of watching like specific rounds, which, which has been fun actually kind of reliving some of these, these exciting rounds and kind of, you know, the result, but remembering like, Oh yeah, I forgot like this happened on this hole or, or how close like this this was, and how close it was to not happening for certain certain stuff. Yeah, I thought the golf the golf channel has done a good job, basically doing whatever they can with this, and sort of finding these greatest rounds. And even last weekend, they were able to get Tiger to talk to Jim Nance during the the last round of last year's Masters, and sort of get his his take on things. So, you know, every network I think is doing the best they can, and golf networks like everybody else, just making do with what they have, and you know using zoom and, and using whatever to sort of take the replays a step further. Yeah. All right. So I think that's, that's it for this episode. We're going to have a lot more coming uh, forward, I guess, going forward. Right. We're going to have, if it's the only sport happening. We're going to have yeah. to do these more often. Yeah. So, so people can uh, pay attention for this and hopefully uh, more good news will come up for uh, the golf and 
June 11th we'll, we'll see golf back and the PGA Tour, PGA Tour starting back up. So let's, let's hope that uh, remains the case. Maybe we'll have a name by the podcast by then too. Yeah, that, that'd be good. I think, I think if, after two episodes, we definitely have to have a name for the third episode. All right, Ben. Thanks a lot. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.